Welcome to Vision Sunday night, right? Vision Sunday night. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, every year I do this, take it very serious, but <clears throat> this sharing, what I'm sharing with you and what, we've, what we're bringing forth as the vision for Gates is, is just part and partial with the vision of the church, just a piece of it, you know? We have a piece and a part of the church that God has built and that God is building. God is building His church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. So what we're sharing tonight we shared this morning and what we're sharing tonight is information that you can take a hold of that will make a difference in your life. It'll make a difference in who you are and your connection and how you're connected so that you can fulfill what God put you on this planet to fulfill. That, that's so important to God. I think what really grieves the heart of God is that people can live their whole lives on planet earth and God created them with a purpose and a plan and they never know what that purpose and plan is. I believe it grieves God for people to live and go to the grave and never fulfill their destiny and their plan. And their destiny starts with what we talked about this morning out of Proverbs 29 and 18 where there is no redemptive revelation of God, the people cast off restraint. And just, just look at that verse again. I just quoted it, but just look at it. It's good to turn to it and, and focus on it. But 29th chapter and the 18th verse, where there is no redemptive the, the Amplified says, where there is no redemptive revelation of God, where there is no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. And, and the, the New King James says, the people cast off restraint. Um, but he who, he who doesn't, in other words, cast off restraint, blessed, Happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. I mentioned that this morning. That your life becomes enviable. So somebody has to envy your life and who you are. And when you understand the restraint of the vision, it says, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable you are. So as we talked this morning a little about a little bit in regards to um, the highways and byways, what makes highways and byways ministry successful is that, is that people want what you have. In other words, they see the value in, 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 in your life and they envy what you have and they're drawn towards you. So it's, it's a win-win. It's a simple process. It's not going out and trying to get people to believe something that they don't believe, that you believe, and trying to force-feed them something that they can't even understand. No, we just have to be that person, and the light of God inside of us will make the difference in people. They don't even know why they want what you, you have, and you're like a magnet, and they're drawn to you. They're drawn to you. So, just for a, just for a moment, uh, can you put the New King James up there for me? Usually I'm saying, can you put the Amplified up there? But uh, let's talk about that, that, that word restraint just for a moment. I, I, didn't, I didn't spend much time on that this morning. Um, but I, I made a few notes about that. I got to thinking about that. My wife and I were talking, discussing that tonight. And, and, and I, was thinking, I was thinking about the restraint, or we talked about boundaries, or things that are 
things that are required to accomplish and fulfill that. When, when, when you go and you work for somebody, you work for another business, and they have a vision in the business, there are certain restraints to fulfill the purpose of the, of the business. Well, in the church, in the church world, to fulfill the purpose and, and, and to fulfill the vision, and as we were casting vision this morning and talking about the last few years, that what we have cast is the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. And we want to see the Great Commission, Great Commandment fulfilled. That's what we've been about for 26 years. We've preached it and we've talked it for 26 years. That the vision of the body of Christ and the vision of this house is to love God and people and to make disciples, right? So, let's just say... um, Let's just say Tony's, as, as, as one of the leaders of a connect group, he, he's part of the bowling connect. That's a horrible form. <clears throat> but he's a part of the bowling connect group, okay? And let's just say, you know, you're bowling and Tony drops a ball on somebody's foot and they get ticked and they say, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to do my own connect group. And, and they get mad or offended and they want to do something. I'm just using just some stupid example, you know. But let's just say that that happens, okay? Or let's say that all of the leaders of the connect groups, as we've, we, we had some times where we trained and talked about what we, we, what we expected of these groups, and halfway in the middle of the year like right now somebody gets frustrated and and says you know I don't want to do this anymore I don't I don't I don't want to follow through with my commitment okay well when you're a part of something and I'm going to define this in a moment with what we talked about today the difference between the vision and the cause and I'm going to define what I'm saying right now in the cause in a moment but let's just say that we somebody doesn't follow through with their commitment okay well, in the natural, it's, it's, you know, you think, well, yeah, I'm just one person and it's not that big of a deal. But if everybody drops out, okay, then the connect groups that are part of the vision of the house to fulfill the purpose and the plan of God and the earth, if, the, if those aren't strong, then people that come in don't take what we're doing serious. Do you understand? And, listen, Connect groups where you're developing new relationships with most people can be very threatening and can be very uncomfortable. So sometimes it's easy to quit something that's uncomfortable and just gravitate towards something that's comfortable. Well, I'm not going to do that bowling thing. He dropped the bowling ball on my foot, and I'm not going to do that anymore. And, you know, I'm going to go and uh, I'm going to start playing basketball with a bunch of guys. It's real simple to do. Okay, or whatever it is, whatever the, it would be easy and comfortable for you to do. Well, see, part of it, part of the deal is, part of Jesus' example to us was, what he walked through as a human being was very uncomfortable. And he walked through uncomfortable situations for the good of humanity. And now you and I, are he's the perfect example, and we're to follow in the footsteps. Now listen, I didn't say that uncomfortable had to be difficult. You know why? Because most of the time when you step out and do uncomfortable, it's not that hard. You know why? Because you built up in your brain that it's just horrible and I don't want to do this and, and I, I don't like that and this is, just isn't me and, and it's not what I like and, it's not, and, and we build all this stuff up and it's really not that big of a deal and when you choose to do it because, because of the cause of Christ that we're going to talk about in a moment, when you choose to do it because of the cause of Christ, it doesn't just do things for you but your presence in a place that's committed does something to the people around you. And that's why it's so important that we follow through with these things and we wear the restraint of the vision of the house. So, I want to I just read these. These are just two. I've had these definitions for a long time, but I just like them. Um, 
But this is just one simple definition of vision that relates to us. Vision is something gazed upon or seen over time an inspired appearance. So inspiration is involved in vision. An inspired appearance. Now we're going to define, I'm going to give you a definition of cause, and then we're going to define it in three verses of Scripture in the Word. But a cause is something to contend for. It's No, I'm sorry. It's to contend for a purpose no matter the cost. A cause. Without the cause, vision has no power. And I'm going to explain that more in detail. Without a cause and without staying committed to the cause and understanding the cause, the vision that is supposed to evolve over time. Vision changes, cause stays the same. Okay? And in this house, we're in it for the cause of Christ. Okay? Every Christian should be in it for the cause of Christ, but you can have a cause in a business that you've established. You can have a cause, you know, you can be working for someone that has a cause in something that they're doing, but you have to understand it. Okay? And when I, read the, the, when I read the verse of Scripture out of Habakkuk 2, it says, it says, write the vision and make it plain so the people that hear it can run with it. Okay? So, you can't successfully implement a vision without a cause. Not successfully. I mean, you can... You can have vision, and vision evolves, but vision isn't like an emotional person where it sounds good one day, and then the next day, well, that's not what we want to do. I, I didn't mean that. Well, and this way, and, but that's not really what I meant. You know, that's not a vision. It evolves. It, 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 there's pieces that are added to that, what is going on, and that's what we're doing. You, you, can, you can see our strategy over the last four years where we've implemented certain things and talked about specific things and, and, and we've walked those out and, and now we're adding a piece to it you know, this year. And, and as the vision evolves, the cause stays the same, but what happens is when you stay committed to the vision, the cause in you gets stronger. Okay. Four verses of Scripture. Did I say three? Yes, I did. I lied. Four verses of Scripture that define the cause. John 12 and verse 27. John 12 and 27. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. This is Jesus, as he was predicting, my, a little headline in my Bible says, Jesus predicts his death on the cross. Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose. Everybody say purpose. They're interchangeable. Purpose and cause, you can't separate them. A purpose, a cause is a purpose, okay? So for this purpose, I came to this very hour. For this purpose, okay? John 18 and verse 37. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, this is when he was going before Pontius Pilate and he was grilling him, and he was trying, Pontius, actually was, Pontius Pilate was actually trying to find ways to find him not guilty for what he had done because he really hadn't done anything, and his wife said, don't do anything to him or you'll, you know, worms will eat you or whatever, you know. <clears throat> Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. 
for this cause, for this cause I was born. For this cause, for this purpose I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So, (laughs) what was his purpose? He is the living truth that became flesh, that dwelt among us, so that we could understand truth. What is Pontius' question? What's Pilate's question? What is truth? How many people do you think ask that today? What's truth? Who can say what truth is? Who can, you know, when, when I was in college, I had, a, I had a philosophy teacher that I'd just been born again and I was, I was dangerous, you know. And anybody that talked bad about God or made fun of God, I mean, I was ready to go to fist with, you know, and I, I was ready to fight that guy in the classroom. And I got so disruptive a couple of different times because of the things that he was saying. He was just making a mockery of the Bible, you know, because there's, there's no absolutes. And he talked about how God contradicted himself over and over and over again in Scripture when actually in the last 37 plus years of my life and my study of the Word of God, I realized God's never contradicted anything. He dotted every I, crossed every T, and everything is perfect. It, it's proven. Everything that he said, no word from God will ever fail. Ever. And I can see it. You know, where is that philosophy teach? I want to slap no. Oh, we're going to walk in love. Hmm? Amen. <laughs> in love. <clears throat> a rap. Not on, just a rap. Love you, baby. <laughs> anyway. Okay, I, now, I'm, I'm, now I'm way off. Okay. Um, so, so, for this purpose, he was created to become truth that you and I could sink our teeth in, okay? So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind and and then watch these next two verses. 1 Timothy 3. 1 Timothy But if I'm delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, which is what? The pillar and the ground of what? Truth. He became truth so that as we rightly discern the body of Jesus Christ and the church, then we realize the power of the truth of God's word. We begin to realize the power of it. For this cause was I created. To become the living truth that would come and live inside of you and I so that you and I could make disciples of other people so other people would know what truth is and what the truth is. Amen? Everybody say, for this cause. That was his cause and was his purpose to come to to this earth. Okay? And then the fourth scripture is Ephesians 3 and verse 10, and I'm going to read that out of the Amplified. Ephesians 3.10, out of the Amplified. Do you have that? The purpose is, the purpose is, the purpose is that through the church, the complicated many-sided wisdom of God. What would we say that the wisdom of God is equal to? The Word of God. The wisdom of God and the Word of God are the same. You can't separate the wisdom of God and the Word of God. So the many-sided wisdom or Word of God in all of its infinite variety and innumerable aspects might now be made known to the angelic rulers and authorities, principalities and powers in the heavenly sphere. The purpose for his cause on earth, the purpose for Jesus on the earth 
was so that his purpose would become the purpose of the church. And that through the church, all other ideas that go contrary to the truth would be nullified. And how do we do that? By it becoming so real in us that people are drawn to us, they gravitate toward us, they envy us, they want what we have, and so in turn, then we have an opportunity to share. I'm becoming more convinced, more convinced all the time that the Word in us does all the work. You know why? Because when I'm not focused on myself, you know what I'm focused on? You say, other people. Not necessarily. (laughs) But I'm focused on the Holy Spirit. And when I'm aware of the Holy Spirit, and I'm praying in the Spirit, and I'm hearing the voice of the Spirit, you know most of the time what He's telling me? It's not... Oh, Bert, you need to be concerned about this. See what the stock market did? Oh, my gosh. I mean, he's not telling me any of that kind of stuff. What he'll do is he'll tell me things to do that will affect other people. And in a minute, we're going to tie that with highways and byways. Did you hear what I said? So the purpose of the church is the same purpose and cause of Christ. So when I understand what the cause is, I can support the vision. See, I'll be, I'll be faithful in a connect group because it's supporting the vision because I'm committed to the cause. Cause never changes. What he did, finished, done, over with, and it's for all mankind forever and ever. Amen. Right? Cause versus vision. So, I, got, I, have, I have three other things that I'm going to share that, that kind of wrap this whole thing together. And, and so, uh, I want you to be aware of what I just said, and I'm going to remind you of the things that I just said so that we can drive this, this next piece of the puzzle home in regards to the highways and byways and what it is and what it looks like and how it connects to great commandment and great commission. And it's vital that we understand it and that you're able to make that a part of of who you are so that it causes you in your personal vision to expand. Because see, when you're committed to the vision of the house, it causes your vision to expand. Why? Because of the cause. What's the cause? The truth. And it's the truth and the entrance of His Word that brings light and life to everything that you do. So we don't have to try to figure things out. We don't have to try to imagine and, and, and cause things in the natural to come to pass. The entrance of His Word gives us revelation and then we walk out what He says. I mean, you have a part. And you have a huge part to play in being committed to follow through in the things that God shows you to do. But if you don't get that first, it's like putting the cart before the horse. And I don't know about you, but trying to drive a cart with a horse's head and trying to get that, come on, come on. I'm trying, trying to knock the cart forward. I mean, just think of that for a minute. It's not going to work. Why should it work when you just go around to the other side Put the straps or whatever you do to it, and then it takes you away. Hmm? Take me away, Calgon. Anyway. So, everybody say a new thing. Okay? Let's look at Isaiah 43 in verse 19. He's doing a new thing. So there's three other things that I'm, I just want to tie together, and then I'll be done with this tonight. Three things. Number one, a new thing. God's doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. There's a new addition. Okay? First and foremost, there's a new addition to the vision of the house. And behold, he says, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers, rivers in the desert. And all all I want to say about that 
I'm going to say this to you, and I'm believing God is going to give you revelation about this where you're concerned, okay? Desert represents a dry place, a parched place where things aren't happening, and I'll just add to it, a place where vision is struggling. No vision, no understanding. Where there's no redemptive revelation of God, people cast off restraint or they perish or they don't accomplish. Okay? God created you to accomplish. Right? So, when there's a desert, how many know that in the middle of the Sahara Desert, it's probably a total impossibility for a river to just appear. Right? I'm telling you tonight, if you have no vision, it's an impossibility for real vision to come alive without redemptive revelation from God. Okay? And the rivers in this verse of Scripture represent, rivers or waters represent the Word of God. The truth, the pillar of truth. And when that truth begins to flood your, your, your soul, what, what, I'm speaking things to you tonight from the Word of God that are, that are liberating some of you. I mean, it, with some of you tonight, it's going like right into you. Some of you, you know, it may just be going into your head and you're not sure what I'm even talking about. It doesn't matter. When the word goes forth, it's not the word preached that liberates you, it's the word revealed. But you have to have the word preached to be challenged to have revelation to come into you. So you have to have both parts of it. Scripture is very clear about it. So as I'm preaching this tonight, whether it's going, whether it's just right for you tonight or it's something that will be revealed over time, it doesn't matter. Just receive it in the name of Jesus. See, as we're sharing it. And those rivers that are impossible to show up in the natural. What, what does the Bible say? Nothing's impossible with God. Hmm? But what does it take? The redemptive revelation of God. It takes vision. And vision will not just happen, and vision will not come, the vision we're talking about, will not come to a lone ranger. Vision comes to a person connected. What did, I, what, what did we read um, a minute ago? I read the, the definition of cause. To contend for a purpose no matter the cost. And corporately together, God is teaching us how to contend for something together. But that comes through developing right relationships and in the process of de developing right relationships, things getting liberated and free on the inside of us. See, people, people will be they, they will gravitate towards people that walk in love. People gravitate towards kindness. I mean, some of the meanest people I've ever met in my life, and people warn me ahead of time, man, don't go around her. She's a meanest, she's a snake. And every time I hear those kind of things, I want to be around those people. Because I want, to, I, I, want to, I want to watch what's in me make a difference in that person's life. And by saying nothing. How many of you know the story about the little lady and she used to have my checks or she didn't have my checks? How many? Yeah, yeah everybody's heard it. Okay. So <clears throat> I, I, I'm going to tell it again. So I was working at this car dealership in the valley. And they told me when I first took over, I had my own business and I bought it from this other guy. And I said, man... Don't go in there because that lady, man, when you go into that car dealership, man, she will tear you up and she'll never give you a check. So I said, okay. So I go in there first day and, and, I, was, and I came there every week for five years. And I, I brought my invoice on a Thursday and she was supposed to have my check on a Friday. And for three weeks, she never had it. And, and one of the, the third week, I came in there, and I was nice and kind to her. And I said, thank you, ma'am. And, and I said, you, you know, when you have time, she threw it on the floor. And I thought, okay, we're going to stay with this thing, you know. I mean, she'd finally give me the check about a week later, you know. But over time, through the love of God and the kindness of God, I mean, there were people, I mean, my business wasn't all that important, but there were people that, I mean, were big, massive companies and corporations that weren't getting checks from her, but I was. I mean, every Friday, every single Friday after the third week, every Friday, my check was sitting on her desk. 
And I led that lady to the Lord. And about eight weeks, eight months after I led her to the Lord, she was killed in a car wreck. I left town, we moved up here, and she was killed in a car wreck. What would have happened in that lady's life had I not been kind? People gravitate towards kind. See? And that's what makes highways and byways ministry very simple and easy. And that's the new thing. That's one of the new things that God is doing. It's what he's doing today. He's adding to getting us to be aware of the highways and byways and our connection to people so that we support the cause and are a part of the vision evolving into what it's created to be. See, because the vision is just the vision of the church. But it's the vision of the house because God said, he said the church is his house, which is his body. So we're individually the body of Jesus Christ, but corporately we're the body, which is the church, which is his house. Right? Okay. That was the first thing. Oh, crud, what's the next two things? No, I'm teasing. Okay. So, Luke 14 Luke 14, well, just, just uh, I'm going to read from verse 15 on to verse 24. Just, just follow with me. Now, when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many. And sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a, place, uh, a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. And I ask you to have me excused. And still another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. And can you excuse me because of that? And all of these excuses, and I believe the story is not just talking about three people that had excuses, but how many excuses that we have to advancing the kingdom. And you know what the excuses are about? Because we don't, we're not committed to the cause, and so in turn, the vision has no power. I'm going to say it again. When you and I are not committed to the cause of Christ, the vision has no power. I mean, okay, you can throw out 14 visions, okay? If you were the pastor, the under-shepherds of this church, if you were, okay, the vision would be different, okay? But what you're doing is you're believing in the house, and if you believe in the cause, it's easy to believe in the house. Did you hear me? See, because, because the vision isn't about me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not up here, you know, promoting me and, you know, you need to get behind what I'm doing and I'm going to travel the world and you need to do all these kind of things. I mean, I may travel the world, but it'll just be a part of what God tells us to do. See, it's not about me. It's about him. But he has a structure and a setup, and when you follow that, the entrance of the word brings enlightenment, and you begin to understand things, and you have redemptive revelation and understanding like you've never had before to be effective at everything else you do, right? That's the purpose and plan. So God wants us ridding ourselves of excuses for why we're not going to stay committed to the advancement of the kingdom, if anybody does. But, but again, you're not going to just, okay, I'm going to be committed. No, no, it's not that. It's committing to the cause, right? Jesus said, for this purpose was I created. I'm telling you today, you were created, and I'll tell you probably another hundred times this year, you were created to be a minister of reconciliation to reconcile people to God, to bring people to a place because of your life that they can love God. And listen, that takes time. I mean, it takes some time. I've got over a dozen individual people that I've been working on for over five years, more than a dozen. 
doesn't matter who they are. Most of them, you don't even know them. But I've got over a dozen people that I've been working on. And man, I tell you what, in the last couple of years, I've seen some amazing breakthrough in these people's lives. I mean, I mean, you ever tried to crack a walnut? Hmm? You know, you can put, you can put two, two pecans together. You know, most of them, especially the soft-shell pecans, I love cracking those things, popping them and eating those things. I could eat them all day. But, but, but putting two... Uh, two, two walnuts together, black walnuts together. <laughs> right? And I'm telling you what, my dozen plus people have been like walnuts. <laughs> Man. And, and, and over the last five plus years with all these people where I've, I've really got committed in their lives, and, and most of them are people that are close to me, and I've gotten committed to their lives. God's told me to do things that, that has nothing to do with telling them Scripture, you know, sending them a book on how to be born again. I mean, n- n- none of those things. It hadn't been any of that. What, what has it been? Just love them. Just have ideas about caring about them. You know, just allow your life to just be concerned at specific times or when something is going on, just not, not just, you know, yeah, yeah, we'll pray for you or whatever, but, but letting that be something that you, you're, you're letting people know. And when people really believe you care and when you're kind to them, huh, they're drawn to you. And if you got something on the inside, sooner or later, then, then the opportunity is going to come to where you can share things with them and things begin to change in their life. And it's just absolutely phenomenal for this purpose. Now watch this. I was created. I know it. (laughs) I know it. There's a whole boatload of people that need me to be right. They need me There's a whole boatload of people that need my relationship with my wife to be right. Not just something, well, we talk about it, but, you know, we kick each other and slap each other all day long. No, it needs to be right. Okay? Has there been difficulty? Everybody has difficulties. You see? But for this purpose was I created, and, I, and we've got this stuff in our lives, but what we're going to do, we're going to be a part of the great exchange, the things that we've struggled with in our life as that redemptive revelation of God begins to change who we are on the inside. It changes us in here, and then naturally our lives change other people. It's not just about how many people that you see one to the Lord in your life. A while back, I heard, I heard this story of a guy that had won over a million people to the Lord. A million people. And the tragedies in his own personal family were staggering. I was shocked what I heard happen in this guy's life. It's not how many people that your life wins to the Lord. It's how effective how you win people to the Lord is. Meaning, meaning that I take the time to make sure my relationship with my wife is right and my children and my mother-in-law and my father and my family members, the people around me that are family. Family's important. You know, what's it going to profit? You travel all over planet Earth and you get everybody else saved and then your whole family hates your guts. (laughs) What profit is that? Got to spend some time on the people closest because, because again, that, that's that little story I was telling you earlier. Ah, just forget the stinking family. I'll go do my own thing. I'm going to go to New York City. I'm going to win all them sinners up there with my Texas accent. Yeehaw! Problem when you go to New York City, you're going to deal with the same stuff you've not dealt with here. So, so if you go to New York City, go to New York City because you're led by the Spirit to go to New York City. And then it'll be effective. You know why? Because you did 
where you're at, you did what needed to be done to make sure that things were right in here and the light of the truth was coming real and you, you're a, an effective part of, of gates of the city and you're doing what God wants you to do and you're committed to the cause of Christ and you're a part of seeing the vision evolve and then anything and everything else you do, man, the sky's the limit because of what you've learned in this place. I'm just talking to you personally. So important. You know, I could stand up here tonight in regards to vision and tell you, you know, you know we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And we're gonna. No, just be listening about what we're going to do. Because we're going to do a lot of things. And you'll hear this. The, this woman's book club that's coming about. Well, we, we've never done a open to the city and public women's book club, you know, in the church and advertise it like this and actually charging a little money for it, you know, or whatever. I mean, for a cost for it in the book and whatever and charging people for it. I mean, that's, that's a little bit new for us to do something like that. But what could happen? What could happen to women's lives as they go through this book? And what can happen in the connections and the relationship? And when you're for the cause of Jesus Christ and you're committed to the cause, then you're going to flow with the vision. And the vision will evolve. Well, after, what are we going to do after that book club? No, just come and be committed to that book club. What are we going to do after that? Whatever the Holy Ghost says. See, he'll, he'll reveal to us. He'll show us. We'll know what the, the next step. Or the, but all along throughout the year, we're, we're, we're committing ourselves to the cause of Christ and to flow with the vision. Amen? So, no more excuses. Right? So the servant came, verse 21, and reported these things to the, his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lamed and the blind. It's part of where we need to be going, okay? And the servant said, Master, it's done as you commanded, and still we got a bunch of room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges, compel them, compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. God wants his house, which is the church, to be filled up. And what does a filled house mean? More opportunity for redemptive revelation to be liberating people's lives, right? And that's the vision, love God and love people, because we're committed to the cause. For this cause, Jesus says, I was created for the truth to illuminate human beings, the truth of his word. And that's what we've fought for. For over 25 years at Gates of the City, we have fought for the Word of God to go into your life and make the changes. And today, there's new revelation and new understanding coming to advance the vision and cause the vision to go to a higher place, which it should, but it can only go higher as people are committed to the cause, like I just read earlier. The vision has no power if there's not a commitment to the cause. So, so I want to I, I want to finish this and just end with the last thought. Okay, I want I want to finish this, but I want my friend Steve Wise to come. Is, is there a microphone right there? Yeah, come up here and just stand here with me for a minute as I say this, and then I want you to share something. <clears throat> Ask him to just share little quick testimony of, of what um, highways and byways are to him. And, and, and I, want, I, want you to, I want you to remember this, okay? And you'll hear me at different times throughout the year talk about this. Because you, you, you don't get this whole thing just because of one message or a couple of messages. But the highways are the, are the, are the paths most traveled in your life. The byways are the, are the paths... Of, of least travel or, 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 or paths that are new things or surprise visits or things that you didn't plan to go to or whatever, okay? But in these highways that we travel every day, 
you go and do, most people do the same thing every day. They go to work, they do this thing and have family and all this, all this stuff. But along the way, along the way, you come in contact with people that need to be, gra- that need to be drawn to the Jesus in you, to the purpose that you have on planet earth, that through the church we'll change the thinking of the world. And we change the thinking of the world one person at a time through this redemptive revelation, right? And so along the way, on, on the paths most traveled, there are people that you don't even know are watching you, okay? Paths least traveled, when you, when you have surprise visits. You know, I was with my dad yesterday, and it just kind of at the last minute, we went and had a Met, met with uh, one of my childhood best friends and, and, um, and you know, spent some time. And, and in, in that time, there were just opportunities that presented themselves to share things out of my heart. I'm just using me as an example. And my, my dad was doing the same thing. I, I had an opportunity to just share some nuggets of things that just presented themselves. It, it, it wasn't, I, I didn't go there. I didn't go to that situation y- yesterday, you know, expecting to talk or say anything, but it just presented itself. So when I went, I've learned how to hear the voice of the Spirit, and I've learned how to be encouraging and involved in what other people do, but at the same time, God's given me wisdom and redemptive revelation from him that will help other people. And I can say that there were words that I spoke that I believed that helped my friend. It's not like he needed all this help, you know, necessarily. It's just that certain words you can speak at times for other people will help elevate them to another level or encourage them in ways or hear things that they wouldn't necessarily hear from just everybody on a day-to-day basis. So there are highways and byways experiences that we have with people out there that we really need to be encouraged about. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's, uh, that's really good stuff. And, um, you know, I would say to us, so many times we don't realize how close God is to us at all times, at all times. And everything we're doing, everything you're doing, everywhere you go, each person you're with, it's ordained of God. It's amazing how I've seen when I thought I wasn't even doing the right thing, but I just went in faith and to do something, just walked in the joy of the Lord that things began opening up and people began being there. And Bert asked me to share for a few minutes here. And uh, this, mor- this morning I was in Tyler, Texas, and I preached to a, a vast amount of people at the motorcycle racetrack, and then I came back here. But last week, I've been really having a hard time with my apartment. I've been having a tough time with the carpet, and the smells have been getting me, and, and I wanted to move out. So, uh, but before that, I was trying to spray it with some things and, and do some stuff to try to get the smell down. And last week, I remember I bought this spray that was about $60 and put it in the apartment. I had to be gone for two hours. And uh, so I did it, and I was all excited to get it and got it. And I had the spray. You've got to be out of the apartment for two hours to get the spray. And I got it going. And I walked out. I'm driving down the road. And I thought, oh, my gosh. Why didn't I get my gym shorts and go work out? I haven't worked out in a while. And I was so mad at myself thinking, God, how come I didn't remember to get my gym shorts? I've got two hours to to waste. And I didn't do it. I thought, well, praise God. I'll just go eat them. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's better. Come on. Before that, I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to Lowe's. Goal. I'm going to go to Lowe's. I'm going to go to Lowe's and buy an air conditioner filter. So when I get back and that spray's all gone, I'm going to put a new filter in there. At least I have clean air. So I went to Lowe's. And I'm just minding my business walking around, get the filter. It's about 7 o'clock. There's not anybody in there. And I walk up to the counter. And there's a lady there. And I'm by myself. Nobody's around. And I just said, you know what? I want to tell you that Jesus Christ loves you. She broke down, started crying. She said, oh, my God, I can't believe you're telling me. I was just now asking God to change something in my life. My marriage is a mess. My life's a mess. There was nobody in there. I talked to her for 30 minutes. She works on Sunday. She said, I want to come to church, but I, go to, I work on Sunday. And so I said, well, you know, you need to try to get somewhere where the Word of God's going to help you. And I talked to her and prayed with her and everything right there in the middle of Lowe's. And I left. Well, praise God, I left. I'm going to go back and try to find her next, this week. 
So I thought, well, I'm hungry now. You know, I didn't get my gym shorts. I wanted to go work out. So I said, God, you know, I really am trying to lose some weight. So I'm going to go to Wingstop's over there. <laughs> All of a sudden, I got hungry for some wings, and I'm trying to lose weight. And I go in there, have a couple wings, and the Spurs basketball game is on, and, you know, had the 12-pack wings there. And, and there's a guy and a girl sitting over there on the next table, and, man, that guy, he could cuss the wallpaper off the wall. Man, I'll tell you what, every other word was, I'm going, okay, boy. And I'm watching him and his wife talking, and she's just real quiet sitting there. And I'm over here on the other table, and I was there about 45 minutes or an hour. Didn't say a word. So as I'm walking out, I said, man, brother, you've got opinions about everything. And he said, yeah, I do. I said, that's awesome. And I said, uh, what do you think about uh, whatever, our president? <clears throat> anyway, so uh, he gave me his opinion about that. And I just slowly started letting him talk. And, I, and he was telling me about this, and this is that, and that's And I'm just going, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, what do you do? I said, you know what? My life was really changed a while back. And, I mean, I'm in the ministry, but even I wasn't in the ministry before. But, you know, Jesus Christ really touched my life years ago. And I just try to tell people how much God loves them. He went, whoa. Man, I, you heard what I was saying all those he goes, man, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I said, no problem, no problem. You know, I used to be so religious. I mean, I hate who I used to be years ago. I'm getting excited, sorry. But anyway, and I mean, if somebody said God's name in vain or something, I'd just, you know what, folks? I'll tell you what, man. I thank God that he breaks our heart and has we can feel for those people and we have an ear. You know, Isaiah said, the Lord has given me the, the tongue of the learner that might have a word in season for the weary soul. And I've prayed that for years. God, give me a word in season for a weary soul because I've been so weary at times. And I don't want to judge anybody. Anyway, I talked to this guy for 30 minutes, and he had to go to the restroom. And his wife went, oh, my God, thank you for being here. I, I go to Delway's church. I've been begging him to come to church, and he won't come. Well, they came here the next that Sunday. He, they sat right back over there. Yeah. And... You know, he's pretty opinionated, but anyway, and his, they've got five children. It might take too long. I'm sorry. They've got five children, and they're really hooked in over at Calvary. And I said, you know, Puga, you need to go over there and be with your wife and your children. You need to be there. But what I want to say to us, so many times I used to think, oh, my God, am I missing you, God? Am I missing you? You know, the Bible says in Acts 10, 38, Jesus went about. He went about doing good and healing those who were oppressed. Folks, our life isn't perfect. We don't just like here, go here, go here all the time. I mean, that does happen at times. But God is with you at all times, wherever you're going. He's right there, closer to you and me than the words out of our mouth. Mm-hmm. Acts 17 says where Paul was talking to uh, the people, he said, God is near us at all times. He's near you and me always, glory to God. And so I've been moving out of my apartment, and I was scheduled to go to Tyler, Texas yesterday, and I didn't want to go. I was tired. I'd been moving and praying and doing stuff. And Friday afternoon, I'm thinking, man, I just start feeling it. You know what? You need to be honor your commitment. There's a big race in Tyler, and I led the guy that owns the track to the Lord 10 years ago, and he's, I, I'm the only one he'll let preach, and he gives me the mic, and I talk to all the, all the people. There was 1,500 people there today. I had the mic, and I'm talking to the whole park. Nobody gets to do that but me. And you know what? I wasn't going to go. And yesterday afternoon, man, starts stirring up, and God did say, Go. You know, there's the times we just kind of go do what we're doing and walking around, doing nothing. And then there's those times when the Holy Spirit speaks. And I'm going, oh, man, Lord, but I don't want to drive six hours. Man, I'm tired. And Saturday morning, uh, uh, Caleb helped me move the last piece of furniture, big, two big pieces of furniture. And another guy, we had three guys had to move a big desk. And, and uh, uh, Lee gave me, borrowed the trailer over here. So, I mean, I had got up early Saturday morning, had to do all that. I didn't want to drive six hours, but I knew the Lord said for me to go. I'm going to tell you something. 
Many times when we're tired, that's when God wants to use us the most. Right. What about Jesus in John 4, the woman at the well? He was weary. And some of the greatest words he said, for the Father is seeking those who worship him in that portion of Scripture. And you know what? Many times we're tired and weary. Oh, God, I don't want to go there. And that's when something will appear. That's when somebody will appear right in front of us. And that's when we need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God and listen and go, wait a minute. Well, I might, my flesh might be tired. Hey, Jesus got tired. Paul got tired. We all get tired. And that's when God might want to use you the most, yeah. use me the most. That's good. So I want to just encourage us that we have the light of life in us. And I want to read one scripture before I close here, bro. This is one of my favorite passages of scriptures. Philemon chapter 6. Philemon, I mean, Philemon verse 6. Paul's reading, writing to Philemon. He says in verse 4, I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus Christ and toward all the saints. Verse 6, that the sharing or the communicating of your faith may become effective. Just what Pastor was saying. That our, the communication of our faith may become effective. See, we want to have a communication that's effective to people. We want to affect people with our communication or with our sharing. Yeah. And he says, here's how it is. By acknowledging every good thing in you in Jesus Christ. See, when we acknowledge who we really are, when we acknowledge we're kids, the, the kids of the king, and we really understand that we've been redeemed and born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, and that God has a purpose for us, and we're acknowledging that, oh, my friend, there's faith and confidence that arises in our hearts, and we have the words and season for those weary souls. Yeah. And see, we have to acknowledge that. How do we acknowledge? We, we acknowledge it by speaking it, by confessing it, by talking it, by living it, recognizing it. That word in the original Greek means to recognize, to acknowledge who we really are. And I want to tell you, yes, you know, I get to stand before people, and Pastor Bert stands before people. I want you to know you're just as important as all of us. We're all part of the body of Christ. That's right. And your part is just as important as every other part, whether they're a leader or not. And I'll tell you something, folks. I've, I've had some big blunders in my Christian walk. I've crashed and burned, if you know what I mean. I've failed some big things, but I'm going to tell you, our God's a redeeming God. Right. It doesn't matter what happens in our life. If we'll step up and keep walking forward, I'm going to tell you what. He's going to pick us up and put us on a road, and there's going to be boldness and strength in our life. Amen? Good. Good. So I want to encourage you tonight to acknowledge every good thing in you in Jesus Christ. Yep. And that way, your faith, my faith, will become effective. And I want to close with this. And I've heard so many people, when they're witnessing other people, talk about their bad person, who they were for a long time. And I'm like going, okay, get off it. It's time. I know you were a sinner. Paul said, I was the chiefest of sinners. I mean, I've heard people talk about their sin for 30 minutes and then, hey, don't do that, man. We're supposed to acknowledge every good thing in us, in Christ. Yeah. I might say, yeah, I was a big sinner, then I'm going to point right to Jesus. I mean, I know the Lord will lead us in that, but we, sometimes I've heard people go on and on and on and on and on, talking about how bad they were before they got saved, and I'm going, okay, we know. Right. <laughs> we know. Hey, listen, we're all, we've all been sinners. And we, we acknowledge those good things in us that God did. And we learn. We come to church. We get in the body. We're part of the vision. We're yes. part of the house. And we're acknowledging that, folks. We're going to affect this city greatly. Absolutely. I'm excited I'm here. Absolutely. I love coming to Amen. church. I mean, I'll travel here and there, but I love coming to another word and be a part of the vision here and part of the house. Amen. God bless Amen. you. I could go on awesome. and on, brother. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And, you know, <clears throat> what, what he's saying just goes in line with what, we're, with what I'm talking about tonight, about everybody can do it. I don't care who we are. Everybody can share those things, and there are opportunities waiting everywhere. You know, some, some people come across our path, like he talked about the two different, the, the older lady at Lowe's and the people at the wing stop, you know. And, 
and you know, people can be there and ready to receive and, and need something that we have. Other people are like those walnuts, you know? They're tough to crack, and it takes time. And, and allowing the Word to, to penetrate and work through people and, and work through situations, and, and the more we do that, then the more we're able to be in a position to pick fruit in people's lives and fill the house because the purpose in, first, or, or in Luke 14, the purpose was to fill the house. That's what the Father wants, is his house filled. So there's that many more opportunities for people to be embracing redemptive revelation in their lives. Amen? Amen. So, the last thing as we close right now. I want you to... I want you to, to... be aware of, and, and, and actually, I'm just going to read this to you. I'm just, I was going to tell you one part of it, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read this to you. Um, <clears throat> so, What can you do every morning, every morning in your life, what can you do to make yourself aware of what God wants you to do in the day? How much of of our day do we spend hearing His voice and doing what He says? I'm not saying that it's necessarily out of your routine. But what else is involved in your routine on a daily basis that you're missing in your routine? Sometimes we think it's very difficult to, to mix, you know, God and relationship with God with all the other things that we're doing when that's exactly what we've got to do so we can be that much more effective. So there, there's, I, I, I'm, I'm constantly asking God, what can I do to make myself aware all the time? So I started several months ago saying, just, and I'm just going to give you a few pieces of this. I started several months ago saying, speaking over the month that I was in. This is the month of January. And I say this about the month of January. This is a great month. It's a month of amazing turnarounds that are happening. It's a month of things aligning in a greater way than they ever have before. A month of suddenlies manifesting. Uh, New opportunities are coming my way. New opportunities to step into the will and the purpose and the plan of God are coming my way. That's what's happening in the month of January. I mean, why should I focus on what God's going to do for me in five years? Nothing wrong with a five-year plan to a certain point. But the five-year plan has to evolve from now. Right? Because if we're not faithful to now, why would in five years you get, see the things manifesting in your life that you want to see? No. So right now, this month, amazing things are going on. It's a month where certain things are being restored. Father, I thank you for the joy of the Lord being restored in my life every day. And I tell you what, I tell you where joy gets restored more than any other place is when I'm effective, like Steve was talking about earlier, when I'm effectively doing what he's telling me to do in the moment. Because it's a moment-to-moment life that you and I are living. Amen? So, to review what we've talked about tonight as we close. The vision at Gates of the City is what? Love God and love people, right? And what? What's the next thing that's been added to the vision at gates of the city. Going to the highways and the byways, right? And allowing our commitment to the cause of Christ to make us people that are envied. That's what it said. When the redemptive revelation of God is working in your life and you understand the cause of Christ, people envy your life. They're drawn to your life. And that makes highways and byways ministry successful. 
That's the vision of the house. And what is the cause of Jesus Christ? What is the cause and the purpose, this dedicated joint effort that we are coming together to accomplish? It's what he said. For this purpose and this cause was I created to do what? To, to deliver the truth that I am so that truth could liberate people's souls and minds so we could love God and love people and we could make disciples effectively and people would love Jesus and follow after him because they want to. Can you say amen? I'm telling you, it's simple. I've delivered it to you tonight. I believe by the anointing of God in simplicity so that you can hear what I said tonight, hear what's said this morning and tonight, and run with it. And throughout the year, as we remind you of it, we keep putting it before your eyes and your ears. I encourage you to put it before your eyes and your ears. And I, I, just, I, I just encourage you to know inside of you what the vision of this house is because the vision of this house is the vision of the church that Jesus is building. And I, I, I encourage you to, to understand the cause of Jesus Christ in a greater way because without the cause, the vision has no power because out of sight, out of mind, two weeks from now, I don't even remember what I said. No, I'm just saying that for your benefit. You don't, you don't want that. You want to embrace it. You want to know. And you can go online, you know, in a few days and you can listen to these messages and download them or whatever and, and do whatever you want with them. But, but I just encourage you to al allow this to be a part of you so that it enhance you and your life and your personal vision and all God's created you to do. Amen.